gets colder My eyes go thin as I get older Piece in pieces, bloody and bruised I feel so helpless and confused Cause I hear screaming on the left, yelling on the right Good afternoon, this is Evelyn Pringle. Welcome to Trish and Evie's Focus on the Facts. Today, Patricia Negron and I will continue to cover the takedown of the global sex trafficking networks with the latest news on the child abuse and sex trafficking scandals of Jeffrey Epstein, R. Kelly, and Nexium. The good news out last week is that both Epstein and R. Kelly were denied bail and they will remain locked up until their trials. We need to keep these serial predators off the streets. But we'll start the show today with Trish giving us the latest world news and the latest developments on Iran and Israel and Venezuela. Welcome to the show, Trish. Hi, Evelyn. It's good to be back. <laughs> yeah. Got, um, it's been a while, but a lot going on um, with Iran. The most recent breaking news is that 17 um, spies were arrested all of whom were tied to the CIA and were apparently recruited by the CIA when they applied for their visas. Um, so the U.S. is denying this. Mike Pompeo is calling, saying that Iran has a long track record of lying. However, you know, we all know that the track record of lying is lies squarely with um, the U.S., and Mike Pompeo himself was on the record recently saying that the CIA's modus operandi is lying, cheating, and stealing. <laughs> so, you know, it's pretty easy to figure out who's telling the truth here. Um, and at the same time, you know, uh, over July 4th weekend, um, the U.K., at the behest of the United States, seized an Iranian oil tanker and um, has st has continued to hold it in what is, you know, technically an act of piracy. Um, they're claiming that Iran was delivering oil to Syria in violation of what are illegal sanctions that the U.S. has levied against Iran and um, used that as justification for seizing the ship. So the, that since then, the U.S. claims that, uh, or, yeah, it was, the U.S. claimed that it shot down an Iranian drone. Um, that turned out to be uh, uh, propaganda. Um, Iran confirmed that all of its drones had returned and perhaps the U.S. shot down one of its own. Um, which could have been possible. This follows after a um, U.S. drone was shot down by Iran that Iran claimed was over Iranian um, airspace, and uh, though the U.S. is claiming that it was in international waters. Again, you know, the U.S. has such a perfect track record for lying about all of this stuff. They are not to be taken seriously when they comment on anything. So, you know, and again, we have seen with Iran, you just have to look at the, um, the nuclear treaty that they had entered into, um, is it 2015, and they had abided the entire time. You know, this was 
they took they went into the negotiations in good faith and they um they signed in good faith and and kept their word and so when you are comparing these statements by the US to the ones by Iran you know it's pretty obvious which one is more likely to be you know the one that's accurate and have credibility so um since then now uh, there was apparently <clears throat> a ship uh, a UK ship um or flagged ship i'm not sure but what happens is these ships are owned by you know one con- company in one country and then are operated by another company that is in a different country so this was a vessel flying a UK flag i believe and had violated protocol for passing through the strait of hormuz in what was clearly a provocative act um there was a similar uh, incident in uh, russian waters last year where a ukrainian boat attempted to breach um the international default line and was taken by the russian military like that situation all members of the crew are reported to be in good health and unharmed they were free to move about the vessel when it was um boarded by the Iranian National Guard's navy and now the UK is up in arms saying that this was an illegal act just you know weeks after they illegally seized this Iranian oil tanker which has something of real value on it and they're just keeping and remember um you know the UK is notorious for stealing assets from target countries like Venezuela where it has stolen billion, more than a billion dollars worth of gold bullion just straight up refused to return it to um Venezuela so um speaking of which you know Juan Guaido is now rearing his head again we they had written that way before you get into Venezuela i just want to see i i've seen this headline um probably this morning or last night but I did read the article but they said that the UK is probably wanting to start a war with Iran and stuff to distract from the Epstein case because of uh Prince Andrew going to be exposed that and, was very well yeah i mean you know i wouldn't doubt it they don't care they no. kill all these innocent people they don't care No they really don't as so long as it takes the focus off of their own corruption and scandals yeah. they they really do yeah. not care and that I think that's a really important point to keep uh repeating because for the average human being they would not even conceive of behaving in these ways you know this is beyond the you know normal human nature to to act out in such pathological ways and that's why it's so hard for the general public to really grasp how serious this issue really is with the sociopathy among our elected officials and the ones who are driving us to war with Iran so um right. you, you know, know elevation is there you know defending his own ass now but um he he's he's overtly blackmailing all the elite 
you know, because he he, wasn't, uh, he was uh, on July 18th, he, he gave a discussion, and he said that um, he had a, he had a, uh, one massage at Epstein's uh, uh, place, but he goes on to say that hundreds of people got massages yeah. at Epstein's, very prominent people, he says. Yeah. Like, what, so, what the hell is a billionaire <laughs> doing providing massage services to, yeah. you know, wealthy and powerful people? Like, seriously? In his home. Yep. Yep. And he said hundreds, important, very prominent people. He says, yeah, he's, he's <sighs> clearly trying, fighting for his own life at this point because, um, and one of the things, you know, you point out this war with Iran is Netanyahu is capitalizing on this because Ehud Barak just um, yep. entered the emergency elections uh, within the last few weeks, and this was Netanyahu's ploy to discredit and um, and ruin his chances for beating Netanyahu. And Netanyahu, this is the second snap election he's had to hold within a year's time. It is unprecedented. And he is facing indictment by his own attorney general on three separate corruption cases as recommended by his own police chiefs. His wife just pled guilty to um, corruption after going to trial last October. Um, the he, Netanyahu also turned over control of Haifa port in Palestine to China beginning in 2021, and the U.S. has openly criticized um, Netanyahu's closeness with China. So there is th- this, uh, you know, this alliance. What has I think the U.S. has believed has been an alliance with. Israel is clearly evolving into, you know, uh, a best eluding a operation, and they are preparing to discard us. So this is where, you know, the rhetoric around Iran, they, they need uh, our bodies to go to war. And once they get that, that is all Netanyahu needs to cover, you know, to get him over the finish line to winning this next. Um, election, and it gets them, you know, the chaos and violence they need, the disruption they need in order to capture the illicit trade that goes through the region, and for which Haifa port is so absolutely critical. And so, and so is Palestine. That All of that eastern Mediterranean coast is absolutely critical, and it's why so much of the focus is there right now in terms of the, you know, the rhetoric among U.S. and Israeli officials. And so what, what is not now doing snap elections? What are those? Okay, so this is, these are also referred to as emergency elections. What happened last October was that Avigdor Lieberman and Neftali Bennett, two cabinet members of the, and um, members of the Knesset, withdrew their party's support for Netanyahu's coalition. So Netanyahu is head of the Likud party, and then Naftali Bennett and Avigdor Lieberman head up two different parties that allied with the Likud party so that when legislation would come through the Knesset, they would have the support needed to pass it if, that's how, if they were able to work it out. So when they withdrew their, 
their support, they had to dissolve the Knesset according to their parliamentary rules and hold a new election for a leader, a prime minister, who could uh, form a coalition and, and bring together, you know, these different factions in a government. So he held, uh, he announced this over Christmas of last year, very quietly. The election was held in April 8th. He manages to win that emergency election, and um, he did it by the same means that he was attempting to use with Ehud Barak by discrediting and smearing him on something. And um, But he could not form a coalition again when um, he, by the deadline he had as the um, prime minister-elect. So, again, the way the, <clears throat> their parliamentary rules work is that the Knesset has to be dissolved again. So they're operating without a functioning government and cannot pass legislation right now. And this is important because at the time, um, Netanyahu won the first snap election in April. He was attempting to pass legislation that would grant him immunity from these three corruption cases that the indictments he's facing right now. And really? he was not able to pass that legislation because he could not form a coalition. So the yeah. other so, thing that so was how does, he block, to, how does he just jump in the race? Well, the way elections happen in other countries is much more efficient than here in the U.S. And so it was always assumed, you know, the... So, the Knesset was dissolved, I believe, only just in June, uh, late May or June. So, um, you know, it was only a couple of weeks later that Ehud Barak came into the race, but, you know, it was within only the last few weeks that that happened. So um, the other thing that's important to know about the fact that Netanyahu did not form a coalition um, after this first NAP election is that this was, remember, the peace plan, the, the you know, peace deal of a lifetime that uh, Jerry Kushner and Donald Trump were trying to sell as something legitimate that was only, you know, a complete supplication of the Palestinian people to Israeli, you know, um, military domination. And, um, you know, it's, it's a horror show. But this plan could not be implemented because there is no coalition. So it's interesting that, you know, um, both on a pro and a con, um, uh, well, with two pros us that Netanyahu could not get immunity and they could not get this horrible peace plan passed. However, Netanyahu, when these uh, Nathalie Bennett and Avigdor Lieberman um, withdrew from the Knesset, they were fired. And um, Netanyahu fired them and then assumed their cabinet position. So Netanyahu was uh, um, occupying four cabinet positions, all on his own. If that's not, really? you know, the definition of dictatorship, I don't know what is. But then he, um, within a few weeks, appointed a new justice minister um, who uh, has openly supported the uh, protection, Netanyahu 
protection from corruption charges. So he's now, you know, insulating himself with people who will help protect him. So, you know, it's... Well, it's so really we got, we got elections going on in countries, and it boils down to the people got to decide who's the most corrupt or who's the pedophiles in the bunch. Oh, right, geez. right. People are really out of great it's, choices, huh? These elections. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, and it's all out in the open. You know? Now Dershowitz is out here, man. He's, he is just absolutely horrible. He comes out now and he says, Bugs, he has a perfect sex life. Perfect, he says. Defending himself against uh, the accuser that said he raped her. Oh, you know? my God. And then he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. Then he goes, I, got, so I have had sex with one woman since the day I met Jeffrey Epstein. Just his wife, he said. He's had a perfect, perfect sex life. And so then, oh my here's, a quote, here's a quote from him. David Boyce, you know, is, is, has uh, filed a defamation lawsuit that accuses him of having sex with Guffrey, you know. He says, I challenge David Boyce to say on the road that he only had sex with one woman during the same period of time. He couldn't do it. He has an enormous amount of chutzpah to attack me and challenge my perfect, perfect sex life during the relevant period of time. <laughs> oh, and you, so you know what he's trying to do. You know, this is yeah. part of the diversion tactics is to focus on his sex life when that is not in question here. The, the, you know, he's been accused of sexually abusing children. So, yes. that's, you know, this Six isn't about times. having an affair. This is a crime against children. And he's right. been accused by more than two dozen women at this point, has he not, of being abused by him as children. Um, those are Yes. I think there's three women, and um, that Guthrie, um, Virginia Roberts, he said it was six times that Epstein had me had sex with, with, with uh, Dershowitz. And the other okay. two, I forget how many times, but this, this is, they're fighting this out, you know, in public. It's just so ridiculous, you know. And well, Dershowitz, they, yeah. people keep having him on for interviews, and I just can't even believe that people keep doing this. Well, it's because the very, remember, you know, these moguls, the billionaires who were the ones behind all the financing of, you know, Donald Trump's presidential campaign and all these congressional campaigns, these are the people who are pushing for pro-Israel policy, and they are also the ones who control the mainstream media. Jacob Rothschild controls the left-leaning side, and Rupert Murdoch controls the right-leaning side. They have an agenda, and they are going to do whatever they can to divert attention away from the actual crimes committed here. And this is one method that they've used historically to do it, is to, you know, focus the conversation on some specious aspect of the whole um, incident and, and get people preoccupied with that instead of the, you know, bottom line that this guy not only knew about, but actively participated in a child sex trafficking operation. Right, right. And, you know, and, and Dershowitz, he continues to say, you know, on his interviews, he never seen any underage girls around Jeffrey Epstein. If he had, he would have quit representing them. He never seen it once, you know. And here's an article out on, on July 18th of, of this. The headline is, Top Girls Were a Staple on Jeffrey Epstein's Private Island. 
Steve Scully, a contractor for Epstein for six years, beginning in 1999, to set up extensive communications networks, said, he said um, he often saw a revolving group of young girls scattered throughout the island, riding ATVs or sunbathing topless at the pools and beaches on the island. And they couldn't have been if he said more than 15 or 16 years old. Yeah. He said he decided to quit working for him because he, uh, he was uncomfortable with the hordes of young girls. He said they didn't appear to have any parental supervision, so he wanted to cut his ties with Epstein. He said, I really started to see things weren't normal in the first year, and I started, I wear shame and guilt, he said, because you know what? When you allow money to dictate your moral consciousness, you've lost all ideal of moral com consciousness. It's not about the money it can't be. Scully said he visited the island more than 100 times over the six years he was practicing. He said that he was immediately struck by the unusual decor throughout the property. He said there were photos of topless women everywhere, on his desk, in his office, in his bedroom. He said everybody, and the, and, and the local um, person said everybody called it Pedophile Island on there. Everybody's known oh, about wow. this. Yeah. And then there was another article out. Um, what the heck was it? Oh, this guy, this guy, um, Eric Margolis, he said, I've had many strange experiences in my life inside Epstein's honey trap on East 71st Street. He said that, um, let me see. He said, soon after I walked into the entrance of Man Epstein's mansion, said to be the city's largest private home, a butler asked me, would you like an intimate massage, sir, by a pretty young girl? He said, this offer seems so out of place and weird to me that I swiftly declined. But he goes on to say, so he just walked in the door. Wow. And they offer him wow. this massage and when, by a young Again, it's like if you're someone who's like a prominent individual, considered successful in your career, have a public profile, would you want the world to know you're hanging out with someone like this? And wouldn't you take the time to make sure that if you're going to be hanging out with someone who has been, you know, has questionable things going on that you did you paid someone to do you know a little bit of digging so that you didn't wind up with a, an affiliation that you later regretted i mean isn't isn't that about reputation <laughs> you know protecting your reputation by not affiliating with people like that like we're talking about child sex trafficking this is not you know, some victimless crime here or casual, you know, having adult women around all the time. This was child sex trafficking by a billionaire to other billionaires and very powerful people. Right. And, and, and like that, that guy was saying, you know, he went, he went, he was there for six years and he said that, that he saw these naked underage girls riding around on ATVs and out on the beach sunbathing and stuff, topless and all that's the like time. Les Wexner, you know, you have Bill Clinton, all these guys, Les Wexner, all of them are like, I had no idea. And it's just like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? Are yeah. you kidding me? No yep. idea. You're a fucking idiot or you're lying. Sure. 
And then there was the article of truth on, on July 14th in New York Post inside Victoria's Secret Pipeline to Jeffrey Epstein. This woman, this 21-year-old Italian model, said she came to, uh, came to New York and they told her that uh, she had to go see Epstein, you know, that he would help her with her career and all this stuff, and he'd probably get her a gig modeling for Victoria's Secret catalog. And he said, he told me this is one of the most important people in modeling. He said, the man in charge of Victoria's Secret, and he's going to change your life. Well, goes there she says, um, oh, um, they told her that she, it was, it was Disney Maswell that brought her there. And, but anyhow, she, she went back for an interview with him, and he, he takes off his clothes and gets on the massage table and tells her to come over there, and he pulls out a vibrator. Now, this is the first time he meets this woman. Right. And she said, I grabbed the vibrator and threw it at his head. She said, I mean, I don't know where it landed. I just blacked out, and then I ran as fast as I could out of the room. said she was so frightened she didn't know where to turn to find the front door in the massive house. At one point, she encountered the woman with the short black hair, that's Ghislaine, who grabbed her and asked her what she's doing. She told me, I just couldn't leave, said Ty. She said, the man is important, that he is a friend of President Clinton. Oh, man. Yeah. So they hold well, and up. also, you know, if we, this what's the really the most disturbing part of all of this is, and what's you know finally getting the det- the attention it deserves as part of this case is, you know, Jeffrey Epstein's ties to quote unquote intelligence, which you know we're seeing um, more and more likely points to Mossad because. Um, Ghislaine's own father, Robert Maxwell, was a billionaire and had direct ties to Mossad and was given a state funeral when he died under suspicious circumstances. But they talked about how much he had done for Israel. And, you know, Ghislaine, the daughter of a billionaire, is like spending her days procuring young girls for Jeffrey Epstein to screw. So, you know, it's like, how does that make any sense? And then, you know, um, Alexander Acosta himself, the guy who, as, you know, the Southern um, District Prosecutor at the Attorney General's office, allowed this deal, which, which accepted this deal, which allowed a serial predator, child predator, to walk. Someone he knew had the motive and the means to continue victimizing hundreds, if not thousands, of children in a sex trafficking ring. And then, you know, the other part of this, all these people claiming to have no idea this illegal plea deal that was granted to Jeffrey Epstein also granted immunity to all, quote, potential co-conspirators. It's like, okay, if he's not child sex trafficking, how are there conspirators involved? Because if there are conspirators, that is, by definition, child sex trafficking. <laughs> you know, I mean, my God. And, then, and those people who um, got immunity was Gisley Maxwell and Dershowitz included in them, those people. Well, it was so vague. It, inclu- it says potential. It is anyone and everyone who could possibly ever be named as a co-conspirator. That's, that's illegal. You can't do that. So, and then Alexander Acosta himself, when asked directly during his um, confirmation hearings about this plea deal, said that he was told to back off 
and that Epstein, quote-unquote, belonged to intelligence. Yeah, so well, we have know, this pay grade to go after Epstein. Yes. So we you know, and I sit here and I, and I over the place. Why is this Gisley Maxwell walking around free? Why hasn't she been arrested? I mean, all of them said that she not only recruited them, she participated in this sex with these she underage girls. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And in the orgy yeah. with the, all the underage girls. Why is she walking yeah. around free? And you know what killed me? Said, because last week, yeah. you know, this teacher got sent, got 20 years in prison for, for, um, well, for having sex with a sixth grader in her school. You know, and good. I'm glad she got 20 years. But this is one sixth grader this woman had. She got 20 years in prison. Look at Epstein and Gisley Maxwell. Thousands. Yeah. Yep. Of girls. And they're and walking around free. Slaves. Yeah. And same it's with Claire Bronson. Um, she, she walked on all child, child sex trafficking charges. She put $100 million into Nexium. And again, Nexium connects right back to Jeffrey Epstein. These are all the same people. Child sex trafficking among the wealthy and powerful is a global crisis. These, and it is a single network that is, you know, operating different branches and different human compromise operations, but they are all designed to provide leverage to these billionaires who then use that leverage to influence policy and strike deals that are in their own favor. Sometimes they're competing against one another for turf or, you know, on deals or to, you know, get, you know, climb the ladder, but, you know, they're all swimming in the same swamp that it's none you know they all tie back to one another in some way or another harvey weinstein walked on child you know rape and trafficking charges they and he's connected to Mossad, and you know um, jeffrey epstein had a practice of hiring you know former intelligence to harass and smear and destroy his accusers. That's what yeah. Harvey Weinstein did. Sure. And the That's what Claire Bronfman did. Yeah. This is what they do. This is what they do. And I can't believe that these networks are still having their shorts on there. And he sits there and he keeps calling um, all these women liars, you know, and stuff. And, and he's sitting there and he's saying it's a plot because they were trying to get a billion dollars from uh, Wexler. That that's the plot that Boysen has going on. That he's trying to get a billion dollars from Wexler. That's what all this is about. Yeah. Well, well watching it play out in the media is kind of comical, really. Yeah. Well, you know, again, it, it's one of the, an interesting, you know, tie-in here. Remember, this isn't just in the U.S. This is uh, in the U.K. <sighs> This has been a huge problem for decades. You mentioned Prince Andrew. Well, Prince Andrew is also, and his mother, Queen Elizabeth, were directly tied to Jimmy Savile, who it was right. discovered and ex- um, disclosed posthumously that the guy had brutally raped thousands of children, many of them disabled and terminally ill. And right. he constantly circulated among the wealthy and powerful and it was discovered in 2012 it was exposed by BBC journalist Liz McKean that 
the chief of BBC, Mark Thompson, had covered all of this up deliberately. Well, after being exposed for this cover-up in 2012, Mark Thompson went directly to the New York Times as CEO. Well, guess which publication was the one to quote-unquote debunk Pizzagate? None other Mm -hmm. than the New York Times. They had a professional uh, at the helm now who could do this for them. They're all conspiring to cover it up. Well, that's for sure, and, and I'm telling you, it's get, getting harder and harder to find alternate media sites, you know, on the internet. The, the internet is is uh, screening everything now, blocking everything. Yeah, oh yeah, and on, you know, the social media platforms, there's a ton of censorship going on as well, but... Um, so you're kicked off again, too? You kicked off Facebook again now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, they did this on purpose, I'm kicked off Twitter and Facebook... At the time, they knew that we would be out there. I'd be out there broadcasting every item of tidbit about this case. They kicked yeah. me off. Yeah, it's yeah, almost kind of comical, believe me. But when I get back on Facebook, I'm going to spend all my time focusing everybody over to other platforms and tell them get the yeah, hell out of really here. Yeah, we do need to walk away from it. And this is yeah. a, you know another interesting tie-in is that remember in two thousand. I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but it was within the last two years that Facebook management, this wasn't a, an account or some random person or an ad or anything. This was Facebook management sent out a survey to users asking who should decide whether or not uh, older men could ask young girls for nude pictures. Yeah. It's like, okay, why are you asking, you know, like that's called pornography and that's illegal. Why would you even be asking that question? But they withdrew it and said, oh, you know, it was badly worded. Can you imagine? Yeah, badly worded. Well, they're trying to roll this pedophile out here, you know, in plain sight, trying to force it on us. Yep. Yep. And people are finally rebelling, <laughs> saying no, you know. And uh, and the latest thing on out of uh, on the Nexium was the latest report I got off of there. They said Allison Mack is Jeffrey Epstein, and Jeffrey Epstein is Allison Mack. They said they both both Mack and Epstein lured people into compromising sexual situation. Both Allison and Jeffrey took photographs and videos of people while they were in those compromising situations and both used those photographs and videos to blackmail people. So both Mack and Epstein are blackmailers. Mack victimized young women eager to be actresses and Epstein victimized poor girls eager for spending money. Allison Mack and Jeffrey Epstein are both scumbags and blackmailers. Yeah, this all links together. It all does. Yep. Yeah, yeah, George Webb has been out there, and he's been, it's so hard for me to follow because it's so complicated, but he said that Epstein was trafficking, he said Epstein was trafficking drugs, drugs and arms and, and kids back in the Bal- Balkan Wars. When oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, with the Steincorp. Yes. One yeah. of Jeffrey yeah. Epstein's helicopters uh, one that he uses has the same tail number as a Dyncorp helicopter. Yeah, yeah. And Cynthia yeah. McKinney, again, you know, just to tie it in there, Cynthia McKinney, a former um, U.S. congresswoman from Georgia, 
grilled Donald Rumsfeld in a um, hearing about DynCorp specifically trafficking, sex trafficking women and little girls at this time. So we know for a fact that was going on. We know for a fact DynCorp was involved. And we know that DynCorp is a mega contractor for the U.S. And then these other people are attached to DynCorp through various ways. Right. Well, you know, they keep wanting to push this on Trump, you know. I mean, last week they put out this video that was back from 1992, you know, of him at a party at Mar-a-Lago and, and uh, Epstein was there and uh, he was talking with him and stuff. But now I'll forget because it was a Democrat that came with Epstein that, that he was standing there talking to, you know. But uh, the, the news reports didn't mention that. Right. You know, well, that, yeah. That it wasn't just him coming to visit Epstein, coming there to visit Trump. Yeah. But all the way yeah, back in 1992, it- you know, mm-hmm. and I said, why aren't uh, these networks, and this is on, you know, cable news networks, the bottom paid for news network. why aren't they out there looking at, looking up flight records and stuff and going and find pictures of Clinton getting on the, this airplane with all these underage girls? Yeah, and that, yep, that's part of the whole, you know, controlled management of these um, disclosures. They're, they're telling us you know, what they're actually doing. So, you know, unless we strongly object, they're getting our consent. And then they're focusing the discussion not on the criminality and the scale of this um, issue, which is a global crisis among the wealthy and powerful specifically. You know, as I mentioned, UK and, you know, we think the Catholic Church has it all. I mean, again, these are powerful institutions and the people within them are completely protected. And so that's what they're trying to get the focus off of. And that's why they're, you know, and they're using it as a um, leverage for this upcoming presidential election, trying to discredit Donald Trump. So, um, but it's backfiring is the good news that people see, you know, right past, all of that, I think, the people who are paying attention. And again, I think, you know, these disclosures are finally allowing us, the, the people who have been, you know, screaming from at the top of our lungs are finally being heard. Um, and that when encountered with this stuff, people are like, oh, wow, yeah, that, that, that is, there's really something to that. You know, it's not, not necessarily the Pizzagate, but if you talk about child sex trafficking by these very wealthy, powerful people, they, they no longer immediately deny its existence, which, you know, is good, but it's, it's what the, these billionaires want. They want people to recognize it and um, accept it's real, but then they don't want the next step, which is for us to, you know, um, protest and demand that these people imprisoned for it. Yeah. And that's what they yeah, were investigating the Epstein case out in New Mexico now, too. Well, but, that's uh, good. I'm, you know. Because they said they've got victims out there, too. And and the uh, uh, prosecutor out there was sending the information to the federal prosecutors in New York. You know, when uh, Durst was out here calling uh, um, Roberts a liar and all this stuff, does he know how stupid he sounds? 
You know, I don't. She was the yeah. top victim in all these cases, and he's still out there calling her a liar when everything that has unfolded. Yeah. You know? Well, remember the old maxim that these guys use is that if you repeat a lie enough times, you know, people believe it as truth. So that's oh, yeah. maybe and, what he's doing. And he uses these same talking points on all the shows. He swings into this thing and says that she's a liar because she said she's seen Al Gore and Tipper Gore on the island, and they were never on the island. And he swings into this whole spiel of stuff, and he says that Clinton wasn't either on the island. Oh, And he my goes into God. this spiel about dragging in uh, Tipper Gore and Al Gore and Clinton and uh, saying, you know, and then when he's, he's saying that Clinton wasn't on the island, um, it was Laura Ingram was interviewing that time, and he, she thought it in, and she said, there's discrepancies there, you know, that, and she said, I wouldn't tie yourself in with Clinton on this if I was you. <laughs> That's funny. But, but some of the people get, get kind of crabby with them. I mean, you can tell they don't believe them, and that, but they have to sit there and listen to them going on and on about what a liar she is and all this. That's and this is terrible. I mean, just have to live with this. I know, and what a disgraceful way to behave for someone, you know, who holds himself up as a beacon of integrity, and, um, you know, it's just, it's it's disgraceful, his behavior. Yeah, and most of the time now, he doesn't come out with this bit that she's a prostitute anymore, because enough interviewers have uh, uh, told him that there's no such thing as a child prostitute. Right, right. (laughs) You know, they're yeah, underage, they're not prostitutes. Right. And it's so, like, you know, again, he's totally disrespecting the victim, you know, witness laws that are meant to protect victims of this kind of crime from being smeared like exactly like he's doing. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think, I don't think that even, like, the corrupt cable networks are going to put up with this much longer. Like, you keep coming out here and saying this stuff. Yeah, well, you know, their paychecks are written by the very people who are, you know, supporting uh, Alan Dershowitz. So, you know, hopefully enough people are turning it off altogether so that they're not even taking it in, you know. Oh, right. I just watch it because for research, you know. I can't stand looking at him. I get so mad, you know, when I'm listening to him. You know, that he does this, trashes these victims like this. And like I said, well, the other- it keeps coming, keeps coming back to me that this teacher goes to jail for 20 years for having sex with a sixth grader. And that would have been probably 13 years old, you know. But Epstein yeah. and Griswold and them are walking around nothing. Thousands of girls they yeah. did this to. Yep. Yeah. People are I in guess- jail for pot um, possession. And these guys yeah. get to walk yeah, on right. Well, serial at, child predators. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, look at in, in the earlier case that Rodriguez, that uh, that house manager that had stole that little black book, you know, and he tried to sell it to the National Enquirer. Um, they sent him to jail for longer than Epstein went to jail for his crime. It's horrifying. That's that that's know, the system, though. That it just it just shows you how it's rigged to protect these people. And, you know, um, 
the Miami Herald series, I know you read it, there's a really good one for people who are interested in diving in deeper, if you, you know, to go back just a little bit. That, that is a great place to start. And then um, Whitney Webb uh, just did a really great piece on um, Jeffrey Epstein and um, his, his origins. Because the other thing about Jeffrey Epstein is, you know, not only was he protected in this child sex trafficking case, he was caught in a pyramid financial scheme with um, a guy, Harsberger or something like that, who went to prison. And Jeffrey Epstein was his partner, yet Jeffrey Epstein walked on that completely. He was never charged in any way. And um, now that this guy is getting out of jail... Um, he's talking about the fact that, you know, there, there's no explanation for how Jeffrey Epstein came up with this money. And when you think about it, the, the numbers of girls that he was having Ghislaine um, procure for him, like a couple, three a day, uh, yeah. whom he was paying hundreds of dollars, to whom he was paying hundreds of dollars just to the girls, you know, right. where did all, and then these extravagant properties, you know, where did well, that's what I said about all these, all these girls he had. And, and, and I read one article today that said four girls a day. So even three girls a day, if he was paying them $300, that's almost $1,000 a day. So $360,000 a year just for his perversion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's get an ungodly amount of money. There's just no way that you know, he earned it. And, um, and, and so again, you know, you look at all these ties to Israel and Mossad and, um, it becomes you know, painfully obvious what's going on here. And then you look at our white house cabinet, you know, we have dual Israeli citizens in our white house cabinet. We have an Israel first president and we've had them, you know, how long now uh, we have, what, 90% of our Congress are dual Israeli citizens. Sibel Edmonds exposed our FBI for having been infiltrated by Mossad. Um, I mean, just everywhere you look, this is, it's the same story. We have, you know, the, there's this cabal of billionaires who have infiltrated us on every level and have used these human compromise operations to blackmail anyone they had to that they couldn't bribe or, or threaten um, into doing their bidding. And, and that's exactly what we see going on right now with Iran and Venezuela and all over the Middle East. This is all foreign policy written in Tel Aviv and delivered to, you know, the Washington um, soldiers who carry it out. Right, right. Now, didn't I just see where... Um where Trump sent a bunch of, or he is sending a bunch of troops to Saudi Arabia? Oh, that I didn't see. What I did see was, and with Venezuela, I, I never um, finished uh, right. on that one, was like after Guaido's people were caught embezzling money that was raised by that supposed humanitarian aid concert um, headlined by Richard Branson, mm -hmm. uh, the U.S. diverted $40 million in humanitarian aid meant for hungry children in Guatemala and Honduras, I believe, um, 
to Juan Guaido, the guy who just embezzled humanitarian aid funds, but they feel, they feel he needs the money to carry out this coup d'etat on a legitimately elected government. So well, that's what happen, our, well, they're going to try. They're still trying, and they're diverting money to this guy illegally to conduct it. I mean, the U.S. has Max Blumenthal just did a report on the largest military base in Latin America, which is in the Honduras, and it is... Um, it is an absolute occupation, and this and they actively support um, the oppos- any opposition to the U.S. installed government there. The U.S. was active uh, under Secretary of State Hillary Clinton was actively involved in that 2014 coup d'état, and the, it has unleashed horrific violence there. And um, the Honduran people have been actively opposing this uh, occupa- U.S. occupation and, and sponsored government. And just the other day, um, set fire to the U.S. embassy there in Honduras. So the U.S. is unwelcome all over Latin America, yet it is, you know, along with Israel, um, Israel sent uh, troops to Colombia, I believe, which is the host state for all of this um, coup activity in Venezuela. So, um, you know, it's just more of the same, more of these tax dollars being diverted to further the interest of the billionaire class. And in Venezuela right now, you know, the big players include the Koch brothers, which want that extra dirty crude for their refineries in Texas. And, you know, the, the U.S. has already seized the Venezuela's um, assets here in the United States, and they're actively looking to seize other assets of Venezuela um, through these efforts. It's just sickening. Sure. You know, the U.S. has done this for, for decades, you know, yep. taking over these countries and everything and overthrowing them and, but, you know, we didn't know about it. Right. You know, now they're doing it in plain sight. And they don't even care that we see this. And our, these order-following troops, that they go into these countries and kill people, do they realize how much they're going to be hated? Yeah, I don't... They go around I, killing know, these innocent people all over the globe for corporate profits? You know, they're yeah. doing it right out in the open now so we can see it. And now this business is going to send troops to Saudi Arabia for what? Yeah. You know, any decent person in the in the military would get out now. They wouldn't carry on these corporate raids on all these countries slaughtering innocent yep. people all over the globe. It breaks my You're heart. Talking, I'm telling you to watch this. Now that we're forced to watch it in plain sight. You mentioned Saudi Arabia, and, you know, they are actively committing genocide in Yemen. And this, this is because they want to control that... Um, that the waterways over there, and you know Yemen is that what that's about? Country, what's that? In in Yemen, that's what that's about controlling the waterways. Well, they want to cr- control access to that um, strip of water that travels up the coast of Saudi Arabia, and then they are also actively stealing the oil from Yemen. One of the things about Saudi Arabia is, remember, you know, the U.S. dollar is tied to Saudi oil reserves. 
And one of the things that became apparent uh, in the last couple of years when Saudi Arabia was um, setting to setting about a an IPO of Aramco, its state oil um, company, that uh, it was suddenly withdrawn. It was supposed to be the largest IPO in history, $500 billion IPO. And at the last minute, MBS withdrew it. And um, there were a number of um, factors to the decision, but one of which is that it turns out that, from what I understand, Saudi Arabia only has a tiny fraction of the oil reserves that it was previously believed to have. And when you consider the fact that the U.S. dollar's value is directly tied to the either, you know, those oil reserves or lack thereof, that um, creates a very precarious situation for both countries. And, you know, I thought I heard that uh, Saudi Arabia is running out of oil. It's what? I said, I thought I had heard that the Saudi Arabia is running out of oil. Yes. No, that that's, it appears to be what's happening. And they're trying desperately to cover up that fact. And one of the ways, you know, they do it is by stealing other countries' oil, including Yemen. And the thing yeah. in Yemen, as you mentioned, is that, you know, Saudi Arabia is um, buying tens of billions of dollars worth of weapons from the U.S. and ammunition that it is using on... Yemeni civilians. The, all of their targets, their missile targets, are civilian. They are blowing up school buses, maternity wards multiple times. They're blowing up fish markets and weddings. When there was a humanitarian um, aid group trying to reach Hodaida port, in order to deliver humanitarian aid to these millions of starving in Yemen right now. And at three days before that ship was set to arrive, Saudi Arabia bombed Hodaida port eight fucking times. They oh, are man. deliberately starving the Yemeni people into submission. They're also targeting, you know, water treatment facilities and, you know, food supplies and everything they can do to kill and make as many Yemeni suffer as possible. Nearly 100,000 babies have already starved to death. Millions more children and um, adults are on the brink of death from starvation, and yet the U.S. is helping Saudi Arabia maintain a blockade on Hodaida port so that no humanitarian aid can actually reach them. And it is the U.S. that is supplying not only the fuel for these airstrikes on school buses and maternity wards and fish markets, but it is supplying the coordinates for these strikes. So they're the ones giving the, the targets, these children and hospitals and water treatment facilities at, to the Saudis to strike. There is nothing yeah. legitimate about that. Yeah. How, how can, you know, we live in this country. How can we let this go on? Yeah. Well, as you mentioned, like so many of us did not know, and and as oh, more people learn, 
you know, they become outraged, which is the good news. So, um, you know, that's the thing is at least now people are able to find out. And that's, you know, that's our power is to keep repeating, you know, what's actually going on in the face of all this propaganda and the lies. I mean, they are, it is straight up propaganda coming out of the TV. It, <laughs> it just, oh, I know it. Oh, I know it. I, I never, ever, ever watch mainstream cable news, ever. And, well, yeah, even I, NPR. I'm, I'm, I'm lying because I, I have watched the interviews with, uh, on Fox News with Dershowitz because oh, I, right. because, their research, like I said, I can't stand looking yeah. at it. Turns my stomach. So, and do you know that he even said that, uh, oh, his wife and his daughter got massages too. And he said they, oh they brought, God. he brought his kids and his grandkids to Jeffrey's house. Oh my God. Yeah, this is how much they're out there. You're defending this bullshit, trying to say he didn't. And you know, on those walls, all over, well, like that one guy said, there's just nude photos all over every place, you know. And, I, and I've been reading this for years. I mean, when they went down there in Florida and raided his house back in, you know, back when they busted him down there, I mean, they had the pictures and stuff, to, you know, that he had up all over his walls and all over all the walls. You couldn't miss them. You remember who else had that? The New York Times did a feature on Tony Podesta. Had on what? child porn all over the walls of his home. And they had yeah, to yeah. remove the photos of his home because it was covered in child porn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could bring them up. I mean, I got them in my files. It, it was so bad. They had to cover this one picture because it was a seven-year-old girl bending over with a bare butt in the air. Oh, my gosh. This sick monster, man. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you, you know. Well, we, I, I spend every waking moment researching this and posting the stuff. I am not letting this die. Yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah. I think uh, I think a lot of people feel that way. There's, there's, I mean, if and the thing is, you know, too, as we saw with Claire Bronfman, the chances of Jeffrey Epstein, you know, actually being held accountable are very, very slim, especially in the Southern District of New York. I mean, that's where these cases go to die. And um, as we saw with the Clinton Foundation, over and over again, that case got shut down in the Southern District of New York. And this comes on the heels of, you know, us finding out that the New York Police Department never required Jeffrey Epstein to, you know, check in once, according to his parole conditions. I mean, his... um probation conditions. 95 and, times he missed. 95 yeah, visits. Yeah, a felony. Yeah. Those are, each yeah. time is a freaking felony. And never yeah. once was he held accountable for that. And not two, three weeks before Jeffrey Epstein is arrested in this big, you know, theatrical affair, uh, he manages to sell off the key piece of evidence that links these wealthy and powerful people with forensic, you know, evidence to those girls on that plane. Somehow, the New York PD just happened to miss the fact that this guy was unloading the Lolita Express in the weeks leading up to his planned arrest. Yeah, could you imagine the evidence in there? Yeah, no, yeah, precisely, precisely why they should have been watching it 
so closely and why they should have intervened should, you know, <clears throat> given that he went, he did sell it. Yeah. And now they're saying that when he was, when he was in that county jail, when he was out on release, that, that he was having sex when he was out on release. Yeah. And they had to know it. Yes. Supposedly, you know, I'm going to come out now. Well, this was back in 2008. They knew it. Those police guards, and they knew those women were going in there to have sex with him. It's horrifying. Yeah, it is. But now we see these uh, supposedly thousands of photos of uh, uh, nude or partially nude women found in his safe. And then the, I'd be real interested to find out those discs they said that they have on the disc, they have a name of the girl and then a place for a name of the person she was with on these discs. So I assume they were in the safe that that's all his blackmail information. So how, who knows how many people he's got on tape. Right. Well, but if you think about it, you know, again, even with all that evidence, that could be co- directly corroborated by what's on the Lolita Express, right? To prove yeah. that, you know, the credibility of that information. But now they conveniently lost, just like the FBI lost control of the DNC server. They're oh so conveniently. Now the NYPD <laughs> has let the Lolita Express just slip through their fingers. Right. Okay, Trish, I guess our time's up. Thanks so much for all the great information on world news. I count on you to get, get my world news from you because I know you get it straight. Well, and but, thank you for following this child sex trafficking so closely, Evelyn. Not many people do it. Well, well, we'll do it. We'll keep doing it. We're going to take down this global child sex trafficking network if it's the last thing I do on this earth. <laughs> well, okay, okay, Trish, we'll, we'll see you back here next week. See you week. next week. Okay, people. It's a world that makes things better.